Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're thrilled you've joined us for this week's podcast. Well, welcome in, everybody. How are we doing today? Good, good. That's not bad. It's a long weekend. It's Sunday. It's beautiful outside. We could probably do a little better. How are we doing, guys? There we go. There we go. Wonderful. Well, my name is Chad, and I'm excited to, uh, to be with you guys today. Excited to, uh, to share, and i uh, got a lot of great things to, uh, to share here in just a minute. Uh, welcome in all of our campuses. Welcome to all of you here at Central. Happy Memorial Day weekend, right? This is a, always a, a great weekend, and uh, it marks the unofficial start to summer, right? And uh, who, who out there loves summer? Several people. Yeah, yeah. There's others. You like other seasons, right? Summer to you just means yard work, and <laughs> that's okay. But uh, all of us have something we love about summer. So I'm just curious, if I, li- if I list your thing, you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's my favorite, favorite part of summer at all the campuses. Just, uh, just participate. If your favorite part of summer is going to the beach, just raise your hand. Yeah, some beach people out there. Uh, you don't like the beach. There's too much sand, but you like the water. So you go to the pool. The pool is your favorite spot over the summer. Yeah, some of you guys. All right. Uh, what about fishing? Got any, got any fishermen in the house? Fisherwomen in the house? Love fishing? All right. What about camping? You love camping over the summer, getting away to the woods. Uh, you just love vacation, so you just like just getting away over the summer, just spending some time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of you were yelling, like, yeah, that's like, that's me, right? Like, I, so you, you have a vacation probably coming up very soon. We love, love, love summer. All of us, we have different things we love about the summer. And like I said, this is, right, this marks the unofficial start to summer. And it's been a really crazy spring, right? Like if you can even call it spring, like it's been kind of like winter and spring kind of mixed and you don't know depending on the day when you wake up what it's going to be, right? Like just like it seemed like a few weeks ago you could wake up and there'd be like a frost advisory and the next day there'd be a tornado warning, right? And it was like, what, like what season is this? It was kind of, it was a really, really long winter. For, by like southern standards, it was like the longest winter ever, right? Like it, when we have like seasons like this, like we just like we wonder, like, is it ever going to end, right? Like, will the sun ever shine again? As if we've never had, like, a, a cycle of seasons, right? But those long winters, like, they, like, for whatever reason, they just sort of, like, bog us down. A few weeks ago, maybe six, eight weeks ago, something like that, I was actually walking to church on a Sunday. I lived just a few miles away, and it was a beautiful Sunday morning, so I just decided to actually walk here to church, it was like 60 and sunny, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was just a light breeze. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. And as I'm walking, I just, I found myself, I was just thinking and praising God. I mean, I was just, I was just, just thanking God for just, you know, for sunshine and for just a great day. And like, I just kept going for like a mile. I just kind of kept thinking and praising God. And by the end of it, I was like patting myself on the back. Like, like, this is a good prayer, right? Like I am thanking God for so much stuff. I'm thanking it for my family. I'm thanking it for our church. I'm thanking it for my neighborhood, the trees, the birds, right? I was walking by our community pool. I was like, God, thank you. Like the sun's coming back out. Going to be back in the pool here in just a few weeks. I and mean, I was thanking God for everything, and as I'm walking and as I'm praying, I heard God speak to me. Now, this doesn't always happen. Like, it's not like every time I pray, like, I hear God speak. I, it was such a, you know, usually I'm, I'm praying so much and I'm talking so much, like, I don't let God in. I don't know anybody else prays like that. But it was a good day, so I must have been thinking, might as well let God have his say today, right? So as I'm, like, praying, I'm walking to church, I'm thanking him for, you know, for just a beautiful, beautiful day. I heard God say this. It wasn't an audible voice, but, like, it was clearly God was just really speaking to my spirit. He said, I wish you would thank me in every season. I wish you would thank me in every season. 
Now, I was a little disturbed by it because I was, it was a beautiful day, right? It was, things were going great. I was thanking God. I was praising God. I was patting myself on the back for how much I was praising God. And like all of a sudden, like God comes in and like throws in like some conviction, right? It was like, well, hang on a second. Like I thought we were good. I thought we were like bros, you know, like things were going well. I'm walking by the community pool and all of a sudden God just drops a Snickers bar in the community pool, right? Like it was, some of you will get that later. That's okay. Just let it, let it sit, Right? I'm walking along and I'm praying and God says this so clearly. I wish you would thank me in every season. I wish you would thank me in every season. We're getting ready to embark on a brand new season, right? Summer is, is rolling around. And it's my prayer for you today that, that you would have your best summer ever. In fact, that's my goal today is to set you up to have your best summer ever. And there's only one way that that is possible. And it's to embrace the season. Now, I'm not so much talking about summer, right, as I'm just talking about this next season of your life, right? Like everything that's going on in your life, would you just embrace it? Would you just open up yourself to God and say, I'm here, I'm listening, right? There are seasons like that are kind of like long winters when we wish they would just go away, right? We wish we would just get through them. And then at the end of that season, then we'll thank God. We'll praise God. We'll come back to following God, whatever it might be. We just want that long winter of our lives to be over. Here's the thing. There are some things that God wants to teach you that he can only teach you in this season. And if you miss it, you miss it. I wonder how this next season of your life would be different if at the beginning of it, you just said to God, I'm listening. Whatever it is you have to teach me, whatever it is you have to show me, God, I'm in. I'm all ears. I'm listening. You see, when you choose to embrace this season, God will unveil all this season has to embrace. When you choose to embrace this season, the one that's right in front of you, God will unveil all this season has to embrace for you. And here's how we're going to do this today. Today, I want to journey through the, through the book of Joshua. It's one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. I figure if we're going to have our best summer ever, we might as well learn from people who wandered in the desert for 40 years, right? They might know something about sun and summer. And to do this, I'm, I'm, I'm actually taking things that came directly from my kitchen table. For the last several weeks, my wife and I have actually been getting up uh, early together, fixing coffee, sitting down, and walking through the book of Joshua together and talking and praying through it. And once we've had a couple cups of coffee, there's been some really rich conversation. And so I want to share that with you guys today. This is really just coming from our, our table. And what I love about Joshua, and I think how he speaks to seasons, whatever season of life you're in, is no matter what, he was up for whatever God had. Whatever God had in store, Joshua just always showed up and said, God, whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to listen to you. And there's at least three things that I think Joshua can teach us. There's a number, but there's, there's three things I want to share today. Three ways to embrace this season of your life. Here's number one. Act like you've been here before. Act like you've been here before. Now, if you're a sports fan, that, that phrase will seem very familiar to you, right? Act like you've been here before. Maybe you've been watching a football game, right? And then some, some guy will make a huge tackle, and then he'll just like get over the person he just tackled, and then he'll start dancing and showboating. And you'll, inevitably, you'll hear an announcer say this, act like you've been here before, right? Act, act like you've done this before. This wasn't a surprise. You thought you could make that tackle. Or someone will score a touchdown, right? And then they'll just start dancing, and they're showboating off to the side. And inevitably, you'll hear this announcer, right? Some starchy announcer up in the booth will say, act like you've been here 
before. Act like you've been here before. And I actually kind of like it when they say that. Like, I like the guy who wants to celebrate with his team. I don't like the guy who's like over there dancing by himself and trying to show up the other team, right? Like, that's, I, I like the guys who like to celebrate together. And I, I want to say to them, like, are you surprised? <laughs> like, did you think you never make it into the end zone and this is your one chance, right? Like, like if you're a defensive lineman and you make it into the end zone and you put the football and you score a touchdown, you celebrate so the cows come home, you will never score again, right? Like, this is your one chance. But the overwhelming majority of people that score, right, I want to say to them, like, you're a professional football player. Is this the first time you've made it in there, right? Like, go celebrate with your team and get off the field, right? Have some class. Act like you've been here before, when we're going through a tough season of life, I wonder if we could remember that we've been there before, right? Like when we're going through a tough season, we're just crying out to God and we just feel like the, the, the world is caving in on us. And it feels like that, doesn't it, right? Like everything's coming to an abrupt end somehow. But I wonder if we would remember that we've been there before and God saw us through, right? We, we've lived to tell about it. In fact, that season of life that you felt like you were never going to make it out of is now a story that you can tell about God's faithfulness, right? I wonder what it would look like if we would act like we've been there before. I remember when my family, when we were leaving Los Angeles about four years ago, we were leaving Los Angeles and we moved to L.A. for two years. We were doing two master's programs. They were right in sync with one another, and they both were coming to a, to a close at the same time. And so it was time to start thinking about what's next, right? Like, God, you brought us out here. Like we, we, we believe this is what you were telling us to do. We, we sold our house. We sold most of our belongings. We came to L.A. for these two programs. Now what's next? And I felt like I, I, I was applying for like every single available job in the continental United States, right? I mean, I was like, I was applying for everything and I wasn't getting even like a single callback, like nothing was happening. And there were two options, right? Here was the first option. The first option is I could just cry out to God and be mad. Like, like God, like you brought us here. Like you, 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 you told us to sell our house. You told us to come out to LA and now you're just going to leave us here. Like you're not even going to like step in and do something like that's, that's one option. Right. And we've done that before. There's been times in our lives where we're just mad at God. Like it's not working out how I thought it would work out. But here's the other option. This is the one I chose. I chose to act like I had been there before because I had just two years prior when we were moving to Los Angeles, like we were stepping out in big ways. It was to that point in our lives, it was the biggest risk we had ever taken. We were leading a church and we stepped down from that church. We, we owned a home and we decided to put that house up for sale. We were, we were leaving behind everything familiar, right? Going from Indiana to LA. It's, it, we were going to a foreign country, right? I mean, this was a very different place, right? And we chose to act like we had been there before. Whenever I was praying, like, God, what are you up to? Like, what's going to happen? I started thinking back to all the ways that God had moved before. Like, I, I remember my wife, like, posting, she, she taped uh, my, my acceptance letter in the grad school on our door when I came home from work one day and just said, congrats, let's do it, right? Because she had been nervous, right? Like, any normal person would be nervous to move to Los Angeles, right? And she was, she was nervous, and that was her way of saying, like, I'm in, and I know God had moved in her heart. 
to do that, right? I remember checks literally coming in the mail. We did not ask anybody for money. We just knew this is what God had told us to do, and people were sending us money. We had actually like bills that were coming back. We had paid too much on, and they were sending us money. I love when, when people I pay send me money, right? Like they were sending us money that actually paid for this whole transition process. I remember our house selling in the perfect time. Like when we started praying about this and thinking, well, this is what God has. We had picked a date. We need to move by this date. And that's the exact date that we moved. Like I remember God moving in big ways. We were trying to figure out how we were going to get all of our stuff from Indiana out to L.A. And someone came and said, well, what if I buy you a trailer? And when you get out there and you sell that trailer, you just keep all of, you, you keep all of the, the, the extra that you make on it. You just send me, back, send me back what I paid for it. And we made money on this trailer, right? We, we made money when we moved. <laughs> Have you ever made money when you moved, right? Like I remember whenever I was standing two years later and was like, God, I don't know what's next. I thought back and was like, God, you've moved before and you're going to move again. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're up to, but you're going to move again. And every day I would go, there was this prayer garden right in the middle of downtown Pasadena on the campus of Fuller Theological Seminary. And I'd go and I would pray every single day. And there's this one scripture that I would just, I would pray over and over and over again. It was in 1 Samuel, it says this, Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Every day I would pray that. Thus far the Lord has helped us and he's not going to stop now. Right? Like God's doing great things in our life. Why would he stop now? Samuel prayed that in the middle of a battle. Right? He was looking back on all the years of Israel's history. He said, thus far, God has helped us, and he's going to help us going forward. Why would he stop now? Right? Samuel actually stole that from the book of Joshua. <laughs> right? Well, it wasn't the book then. Right? They were just living it. Right? But he stole it from, from their history. In the book of Joshua, we learn that Moses has died. Moses led them out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea on dry land. God parted the waters. They were about to go into the promised land. They sent in 12 spies, two of which were Joshua and Caleb. Ten of the spies came back and said, we can't do it. The, the land's everything God promised, but it's too big. It's too strong. It's too mighty. We can't take it to Joshua and Caleb said, no, we, we can do this. It's big. It, 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 there's going to be battles, but God promised we can go in. Israel listened to the ten instead of the two. So for the next 40 years, they wandered in the desert, right? Moses passes on. Everybody in, in Israel passes on except for Joshua and Caleb. They're going to get to see this promised land because they remained faithful. So Joshua is leading. He, he's, he's leading them in. And as he's leading them in, they come to a river. The river is named Jordan, right? And, and for Joshua and Caleb, they remember, right? We had to cross the Red Sea to go into the promised land. Last time, the entire nation, you know, aborted ship and they left. This time, we're going to lead them into this land that God has promised us. So they get up there and God says, I'm going to part the waters again. For them, they needed to act like they had been there before, right? They had seen this. God takes them to the other side of the Jordan River and he says, I want you to take 12 stones from the middle of the water or from the middle of the, of the, of the ground where I've parted the water. Get 12 stones marking each of the 12 tribes and set it up as a monument on the other side. In fact, let me read it here for us. Joshua chapter 4. Verse 21, he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them this, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us 
until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Love that verse. It's one of my favorites. I love that verse. You go and you tell your children and you tell your children's children what God did because they didn't see it. They're not about to fight the battles we're about to fight. You tell them about God's faithfulness so that generations from now they can look back and when they face their own Jordan River, they'll be reminded that we've been here before. We've been here before. And it wasn't just for the descendants, was it? It wasn't just about telling them. It was about telling them themselves. Like you're about to go into a land and there are going to be big, mighty cities and armies and you're going to go face them and you might be tempted to, rem- to forget what I just did. Set up these 12 stones as a marker that when you reach the next battle, when you reach the, the, the next river, as it were, remember that you've been here before. Remember that you've been here before. See, every step they took away from the river were steps away from those stones, right? They were, they were moving further and further away. We've done that. We've gotten to places where we knew God moved, and then we kind of work ourselves out of that. We've moved past that onto new battles, onto new rivers, and we often forget that we've been here before. We, we, we go back as if, as, as, if, as if God had never moved, as if that had never happened. Here's what happened to Israel. One of the saddest verses in all the scriptures. In Judges, the very next book, right after Joshua, it says this. Joshua chapter 2, verse 8. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. He made it a long time. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, the whole next generation had, had passed on, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. In other words, they forgot, right? They didn't fight those battles. They didn't see that river They didn't set up the 12 stones and they forgot. Three generations later, they had completely forgotten their God. Now, I'm convinced for us today, there is so much coming at us, right? Like every single day and our minds are are so, we lack so much focus and we're doing so many things. It doesn't take us three generations to forget God. It might just take us three days, right? Those days, like when it's Sunday or Monday, like you just feel God moving your midst and he tells you something or he just does something miraculous and you're like, I know that was God. And then three years later, we completely forget. Three weeks later, three days later, maybe even three hours later, we forget that God had moved on our behalf. I wonder what it would look like if we were to act like we've been here before. That the river you're facing today is just like the river you faced a while ago, and God's going to move again. He's going to do something powerful again in your midst. This isn't the first time you've had challenges, right? Eventually, it's just going to be a story that you get to tell about God's faithfulness. Eventually, it's just going to be a story that you get to tell your children or your grandkids. We, we, we weren't sure what was going to happen, but we, we were faithful to God, and he moved in our midst. That's the first thing. Act like you've been here before. Here's the second thing. Do what you're told. Do what you're told. Now, come on, parents, teachers, right? When you instruct your kids, you can give them this beautiful speech, and it was everything you needed to say, right? Or maybe it was just very quick, go do this, right? What is the first thing your kids say back to you? Why? Why, right? 
Now, there's times, like it's probably just kind of part of my makeup. I don't mind telling my kids why. There's times, there's times, right? I'm, I don't have a, a ton of patience, but there are times where I'm like, yeah, I don't mind telling you why. Like, I want you to know what I'm thinking. I want you to know why we're doing this today or why I'm asking you to do this, why I think this is important. But there are times I don't want you to ask why. I just want you to do it, right? right? There, there are times that I actually don't really care all that much about the results, but I care that you're going to learn something in the process, and I just need you to do it. I just need you to know that when you do what I ask, right, whatever I've promised in that ask is going to come about. I'm asking you to do this. It may not make sense. It may not feel like fun, but just do what you're told, and I'll hold up to my end of the bargain of whatever I've asked you to do right? Don't do what it is that you're told. So often when we're going through something, right? We feel like God has asked us to do something. Maybe you've, you've been here on a Sunday, you've heard the scriptures and you're like, I need to do that. But your first inclination is to ask why? Like, God, this doesn't really make sense. Like, why would you tell me to do this? Like, why? I wonder if we should stop asking why and we should start asking God, what do you have me to learn? Like, God, this doesn't make sense. This isn't really a fun season of life. I don't know what's going on. But what would you have me to learn as I'm walking through this? When Joshua is leading the, the, the nation of Israel into the promised land, the first city that they come to is a city named Jericho. And God gives them very specific directions on what it is that they're supposed to do. It would be very easy at the end for them to say, God, why would you want us to do that? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But they're not supposed to ask why. They're just supposed to do what they're told and learn something about God in the process. The other day I was reading this with one of my daughters, and I, I love the, the childlike faith, right? We were reading this, and we went back to the back of the Bible. We were looking at a map. And we're looking at like, here's where, here's where they crossed, and this is the city they went into. And then my daughter, she, got to, she was so excited to get to Jericho. She was like, yeah, that's where they marched around seven times, right? And on the seventh day, they marched around seven more times, and then the walls fell down. I love that. Like, it's just childlike faith. God said it. They did it. It happened, right? I want to read for just a moment God's directions to them. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. In other words, Jericho, they were afraid. They were locking all the city gates. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them and sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse. The people will go up, every man straight in. Now, tactically speaking, this is the worst war strategy ever, right? Like, here's what you're going to do. You're not going to have a sneak attack. You're not going to go in the middle of the night. You're not going to find, like, the, the weakest gate and go in or surround it. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go, and for six days, you're going to walk around once, and you're going to completely expose yourself, right? You're going to completely give away that you're here and what, what, what you're up to. And then on the seventh day, I want you to do that seven more times, right? Like, tactically speaking, nothing about this makes sense. They could have completely said, God, why are you doing this? But they chose just to do it, right? Like, and I, I love the strategy at the end. Like, when the, blow the trumpets, sound the trumpets, everybody shout so they know we're about to attack, <laughs> right? Not a smart strategy. And not only that, they don't say, well, here's what we're going to do when the walls fall down. We're going to go after a strategic area. It doesn't say that at all. It just says, every man goes straight in, <laughs> right? 
Tactically speaking, there is nothing here that makes sense. And yet they just do what they're told. And it goes exactly as God says it will go. Because God wanted to teach them this. With every battle after this, you're going to be tempted to forget what I did here. Every battle after this, you're going to be tempted to forget what I did at the Jordan River. You're going to be tempted to forget what I did at the Red Sea. Every time you face a new challenge or a new season, you're going to be tempted to forget. But every time you're marching around this city, doing what you're told, right? Feeling like at any moment they could come and attack you every time you march around, right? And when you sounded the trumpets and it happened just as I said it would, I want you to remember that you can trust me. That when I tell you to do what I've told you to do and you do it, I will fulfill my promise in your life. Everything I want to show you, everything I want to teach you, everything I want to bring about in your life, if you're faithful to me, I will remain faithful to you, right? God wants to bring about his promises in our lives. You see, when we go through a tough season, our inclination is to run. If you keep running from every season that comes up, you'll continue to miss everything God wants to show you. Now, there are times, there are seasons, right? You should, you should leave things or you should move on from things, whatever it might be. But before you do that, I wonder if your question should be, God, what would you have me to learn? God, what would you have me to learn? It's a lot like growing up, isn't it? It's a lot like growing up. I know in my house, there were a lot of rules. There, were one, there was one rule that was, was really big in our house. And my dad would always say this, you can start anything you want, anything you want. You can start a sport, you can start an activity, you can start anything you want. But once you start it, you can't quit, Right? You can do anything you want, but once you start it, you cannot quit. You have to see it all the way through. And I would remember my dad's words ringing in my mind, right? He would, he would say this. He would say, if you quit now, you'll quit everything for the rest of your life. When you get into it, it's not fun. When you get into it and you just want to run away because it, it didn't happen as you thought it would. When you get in and you want to run every time, if you quit today, you'll quit then, Right? And so whenever I was in football practice and I was on the, the, the fields doing two-a-days or three-a-days, right, and it was like August in Indiana and there were cornfields around. If you've never been in Indiana in August when there's cornfields around and it's like 110 and like 190 humidity, that's impossible, but it felt like that, right? Like it was, it was you might as well go to, the, go to the desert. It might be better because they say there's no humidity there, right? <laughs> I remember, man, I want to quit. I want to quit. I just want to run away from this. And I remember my dad's words, if you quit today, you'll quit in the future. What is it that God wants to teach you? What if we stopped asking God why and started asking God, what is it that you would have me to learn, to just do what he tells us to do and trust him in the process? The first one was, act like you've been here before. The second one is, do what you're told. The third one is this, don't give up. Don't give up. I don't even know. I don't even want to know how many times I've run from a season that God wanted to show me something. Like I was running and God wasn't done. Maybe you've been there before. Like I, I can look back and there are seasons I know God wanted to teach me something. He wanted to show me something and I was just ready to, to throw in the towel and run away far too soon. What about you? Have you fully lived out every season that God has had in front of you, right? We obviously know the answer is no. But I wonder, what does God have for you in this season, in this summer, and what's about to come, right? If you would just fully embrace all that he has for you now, God would unveil all that this season has to embrace. Towards the end of Joshua, in the book of, I'm sorry, chapter 21, chapter 21, 
It says this, and some of you might just need to hear this today, to be reminded of this. This is towards the, the, the end of them moving into the promised land. Chapter 21, verse 43, it says this, So the Lord gave all Israel the land he had sworn to give their forefathers, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. And the catch this verse, I put it on the screen. Not one, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. Whatever season you're going through today, whatever, whatever you're waiting on in your life, there's something out there and you're like, I just can't trust God in that. Would you just hear this today? Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Every one was fulfilled. When I read verses like that, I'm reminded, number one, that God loves us. Like, like, he is the one who makes promises to us. He's the one who created us. He's the one that's bringing us back. Like, that's our God. Our God wants to fulfill the promises he's given us because he gives us promises, right? They're his promises, right? This is the God who sent his son Jesus to die for us, to take our sins, right? When we sinned, he and his son came and died for us. When he rose back up from the grave, it was his promise that we get new life, a new beginning, a new start. This is the God that we serve. He wants good things for us. He wants good things for us. Often in life, I'm convinced that God has something he wants to bring about, and he will go ahead and bring it about, but we might, we might arrive there very differently. Here's what I mean by that. I've noticed something with my, with my daughters. I have two daughters. And they, they sleep in the same bedroom, right? And there's times they'll come downstairs of a morning and they have two completely different attitudes. <laughs> Maybe you've had, you have multiple kids, you've seen this, right? They sleep in the same room, they come down the same hallway, they come down the same stairs, they walk into the same living room, so they go from point A to point B, they, point A and point B are exactly the same, and they get there very different very differently at the end. Are you with me? Like one can come down and it's as if the, it's the best morning ever. Like they're skipping, they're singing, they're hopping, they're just doing what little girls do, right? It's a great day. It's going to be a good day. And the other one's still like rubbing sleep from their eyes and they're cranky and they're grumpy and they're cantankerous. And I just want to say to them, go back to bed for a little bit, right? Right? They got to the same destination, but they arrived there very differently. God might just bring about something in your life because he's promised to do it. He wants to do good things in your life, but you might arrive there very differently. Everything God wants to teach me, I want to arrive at the destination and say, God, I was all in. My ears were open. My, my, my hands were open. God, I'm yours. I surrender. Whatever it is you want to teach me, whatever it is you want to show me, God, I am in. He promises to remain faithful. He's been faithful. We see it in the scriptures. Your past says that he's been faithful. Why would he choose to be unfaithful in the future? Not one of the Lord's good promises failed. Every one of them came through. Will you be faithful to him when you're going through this season? There's a man named Caleb. I mentioned Caleb at the beginning of the message. There's a man named Caleb, and it speaks about Caleb in, in the book of Joshua. He's one of the two that lives on. He was one of the two that remained faithful to God early on. He remains faithful to God now. And this is a, a fantastic passage, right? I, I hope you, you, this is just ringing in your ears this week. Joshua 14, verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has, this is, this is uh, Caleb saying it. 
just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. Right? So since they came out of Egypt 45 years ago, right? He, he, this, this is where they're at. While Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. You got to love that, right? 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as I was then. I'm just as vigorous to go out to the battle now as I was then. He was 40 years old when they walked out of Egypt and God made promises to them. There's a land I'm going to give you, a land I want to bless you with, a land I want to do great things with. Caleb was faithful. It was all the others that weren't faithful, right? 85 years old, he's looking, he's saying, give me this land. I'll take it. Let's keep, keep reading. He says, now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. In other words, the rest of you are too chicken to go up and take this hill. I'm the 85-year-old man. I'll lead us there, right? I love this. The Lord helping me, he says, I will drive them out just as he said. I love that. He's 85 years old, and he's ready to stand at the front of the battle lines. Why? It doesn't matter how old he is. It doesn't matter how strong and fortified the cities are. It doesn't matter how big of a battle this is going to be, because the battle's not his to win. God promised him this country, and he's going to go take it. Not because he's strong. He's showing up, right? He's faithful, but he trusts his God to bring it about. The third thing is don't give up. Don't give up. There are areas of your life where you're ready to throw in the towel. You've been praying for years that this would come about. The future or the present you're living is very different than the future you imagined years ago. And you're not even sure that God cares about your future. You're not sure God has a hand on anything that's about to come up. Can I just tell you, don't give up. Would you stand like Caleb and say, I'm as strong today as I was back then. God, I remember when you moved, right? Because see, here's the deal for Caleb, right? He's saying, I've been here before. I was there when we left Egypt. I was there when we crossed the Red Sea. I was there when we wandered for 40 years in the desert and God was faithful every day. I was there when we crossed the Jordan River. I was there when we went through Jericho. I was there for every battle. I'm going to act like I've been here before. I'm going to do what I'm told. God told me to do this. He's been faithful in every battle in my life. Every Jordan River that I've come up to, he's been faithful. Why would I give up now? Why would I give up now? Wherever you're ready to give up, can I just encourage you, don't give up. God's not done. Don't run. God has something he wants to teach you. He has something he wants to show you. I pray that this summer will be your best summer ever because you fully embrace everything that God has for you. That you would fully embrace this season so that God can unveil everything this season has to embrace. I want to invite us to stand together. I want to invite us to stand together. And with all eyes closed, we're going to pray here in just a moment. If you go ahead and close your eyes. If you're here today and you're like, I'm going through a season, right? Or, or, or this, this message just hit me. God is talking to me. I need prayed for in this area because I need to be reminded to be faithful to him. I need to be reminded of his faithfulness. Or maybe you say today, God has spoken to me and I just need to do what he's saying. I just need to, I just need to trust him in the process. It doesn't make sense, but I just need to trust him. Maybe you're here today and you say, I, wanna, I just want to throw in the towel. I'm ready to give up. 
that you say, yeah, I don't want to give up. I want to hang on and see what it is God wants to show me. If that's you, if for any of those are you today, I just want to invite you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you today. Yeah, you can raise them up high. All of us have seasons and we need God to stand beside us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you love us. God, we thank you that you make promises to us. God, we thank you that you have never left us and you've never been unfaithful, ever. In fact, you are so faithful, you sent your son to die on a cross for us. God, I pray that today, God, those that are ready to throw in the towel, God, would you give them the courage to not give up. God, would you give them a glimmer of what it is you want to show them and teach them. God, for those that just need to be faithful, to just just do what you've told them to do, they just need the strength, the discipline to do it, God, would you infuse them with your spirit. God, for those that are heading into a season, God, they, they just feel like the world's collapsing on them. Would you remind them that they've been here before? Even if they didn't see it, God, you've been faithful to them all along. God, strengthen and encourage them. And as we continue to still pray, I want to I pray for one other group of people. Maybe you're here today, and you, maybe this is the first time you've been to church in a long time, the first time you've ever been to church, and you're like, I didn't know that Jesus cared for me this much. Maybe you've been coming to church, and you've just been kind of kicking the tires, and you're like, I, I, I'm, I'm finally getting that God loves me. God has a purpose for me. God has a plan for my life, and I want that. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe that he rose up from the dead to give me new life, and today I want to follow him with all of my life both here and at all the campuses. If that is you, I want to invite you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. If you want to pray for today, you say, I want to receive Jesus into my life and follow him. I invite you to raise your hand up high. Let's pray together. Father God, those that are taking this bold step, God, to raise their hand and say, I want to follow you. God, I believe that you sent your son. I believe that you rose up from the dead to give me new life. God, thank you for today. You have them here for a purpose and a reason because you love them and you want to speak to them. And if this is you, just simply pray after me. Father, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love into my life. And like Jesus rose from the dead, I want to raise from the dead in my own life. God, give me a new start and a new beginning. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. And amen. Guys, people here and at all of our campuses just invited Christ into their lives. Let's give God some thanks for that. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.